Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down, a weekly podcast and video where we talk about interesting technology subjects. Today, we're talking about what we call SaaS creep or the creep of software as a service or cloud solutions and products in your business. Are they all worth it? Should you keep using it? Let's discuss it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Wind Down. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, that was a very exciting intro to a very smooth piece of music. Hello, Scott. Good afternoon. How are you? And I'll, um, oh. we'll unmute you. Let's try that. I Hello, will Scott. Unmute. Oh, I haven't had that happen at all this year. <laughs> good, good afternoon, Nick. I was wondering what that little red thing was that was flashing. Look at that. <laughs> cool. So let's start. Where are we? What are we drinking? Ah, we are very safe and remote again. How about that? We are. So we're online in our virtual studio, which is actually not that bad, you know, in, but it does have the, the lack of atmosphere around it. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I'm, I am drinking. I've got this Lethbridge. This is a, a 2018 uh, Pinot. It's, oh, um, okay. It's, it's just, uh, I think it's fairly recent release. Um, interesting for them. They actually have like a, it's like a heavier Pinot. It's not mm-hmm. like this sort of like, you know, watered down cordial that you see sometimes. And, oh, look, there's a bit of color in it. No, no. They've, they've actually got a, a pretty solid sort of offering. So um, it's it's quite nice too. Uh, Lethbridge wines being, oh, what are they, an hour, a bit less sort of um, west of Melbourne, just a bit past, oh, yeah. up, up, bit right of Geelong, but up a little bit and just sort of down the road at an angle. So, yeah, but about an hour and a bit to get there maybe. Depends how fast you drive. Very nice. Well, I'm drinking a Pierre Chevin French um, Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh. Uh, you can see that. It's um, Le Petit Etoile. It has something interesting about it. Um, in that it has no alcohol, so I'm. I, I, just, I thought I was going to be good this week. I was going to have a week off any alcohol at all. So I'm doing a non-alcoholic wine, and um, just around the corner, they've opened up a um, a shop called Sans Drinks, which is all about non-alcoholic alcohol replacements. Oh, and um, I've tried most of the reds, and they're pretty naff. Um, but I thought I'd try this one, and this one's actually okay, it being a, a French wine and all. So. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> it's, not it's not I disgusting. I got sent some um, non-alcoholic beer, which I don't quite understand. It's like zero percent <laughs> alcohol and yes. all the carbs. So um, it's yeah, it's still well, sitting actually, there. Let me guess. It, it is still sitting there. Actually, I'm not quite sure what to do with it. Um, I tell you, one of the things I don't understand, if you look mm-hmm. recently at some of the shelves, are all the non-alcoholic spirits that are now available. Mm. Now, I do get the concept, but they're the same price. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, that's the interesting thing. So they're, yes. they're awesome, right? I, I've, I've tried quite a lot of them, and I, I like them a lot. But they're the same price, and there's no duty on them. So there's I'm no, sure. There's no alcohol tax. No. Yeah. If you, were, if you were in the business of doing that, it's like a dream come true, right? Because you yes. can charge the same amount as people are being taxed, and you're not being taxed. It's just more profit. But they are, they are spending a lot of effort and time to try and get these things it's a little close in taste, and some of the liars ones I've tried, and they're actually quite good. Hmm. So there you go. 
Excellent. And I'm going to a wedding tomorrow, so I thought a week without drinking at all, culminating in a Friday, probably lots, is probably the right thing to do. So there we go. Responsible drinking of alcohol in the wind down. Would you believe it? Oh, the, I, I, tell you, I did go to a wedding online. Mm-hmm. It went for oh nine minutes. Nine minutes. And that was it. Best wedding ever. For, from an <laughs> attendee point of view, you turn up for nine minutes, you just put a shirt, the jacket on, all right, it's over. Hey, you can go to what you're doing. Yeah, that, that's cool. Well, I'm not. I'm not actually going to the ceremony. I'm, I'm going to the party afterwards. So, oh, but anyway, okay. so so look, I'm I'm going to start by when Zero first started talking to accountants about the cloud. Um, yes. They used to stand on stage, and I remember a guy called Wayne Schmidt who who looked after bookkeepers for Zero. Um, used to be their initial head of sales. So back in the early days, he'd get on stage and he'd reel off this list of ten or fifteen cloud applications you needed to run your business and every six months when Wayne got on stage he'd add another one to it so you'd end up with 25 or or 30 of these cloud platforms now on the surface they're all really cheap right they're yeah 10 bucks a month 20 bucks a month but I don't know if you looked at your credit card bill at least at least the business one recently and those things start to add up you know even even at home where we've got Netflix Paramount Prime Stan whatever 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 yes those all add up to probably be more than a, a, a cable TV subscription. So it's fascinating stuff. Um, you've been experiencing some of that recently. Why don't you give we, us a view of what you found? Look, we, we, we have. We've, um, we have we thought we'd, because um, we're about, oh, look, this is three and a bit years in with uh, with Tribe Tech now. Um, oh, a bit, maybe a bit more, three and a half. And, um, of course, over that time, we've been looking at new tools in the market, understanding how customers can benefit from them and where, they, you know, where they're best used, where they're not. And we've, we've tended to acquire a bit of baggage along the way. And we're looking at, oh, that's great. We can use that here. And that's great. We can use that here. I need to find out after six months or so, you know what? Oh, it's not quite. I need to do something else to achieve that goal now. And have we actually picked up on all the little bits and pieces that we've subscribed to? Um, that's, it's, it's quite and, interesting it, and fascinating, really. Yeah. And, and, and it is. And, and you, which, which, which bits are you using? And I found the same in the businesses I've run. Hmm. Is you go, oh, I'll just get, I'll, you know, it's easy. I'll get a subscription to that and a subscription to this. I, it's, it's, just it's very easy. And look, I, I know when I've um, I've done acquisitions before, um, over quite over a number of years, and one of the first things you do when you acquire a business is you go through all the books and understand, look, what, what are the costs? Uh, and look, some of the previous companies said, what, oh, what, what's this? I said, oh, we had that at our, Previous location before we were here. It's like a network service thing, yep. you know, you know, 300 bucks a month or something like that for an Ethernet service. Wait, what do you mean before you were here? You've been here for like four years. I said, yeah, yeah, that's about right. So, well, so you've been paying for this in your previous office for the last four yep. years, but you haven't actually been using your previous office for the last four years. I said, hmm, yeah, that's not good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so we we and, so we 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 coined a new term today, haven't we? We're calling it yes. SaaS, which is software as a service creep. So not creepy, but the fact you start with one and then you get another and another and another before you, especially in the world of of things like you know, Office three six five and zero, where they've got stores mm-hmm. and you can add apps to your apps, and and before you know where you are, you've got a massive portfolio of things you're trying to maintain. There is, and in a lot of um, organisations, the person that does the subscription may not be the one paying the bill. 
it may go on to when, when you know that at a finance level, this is a regular expense or something like that, people will just pay it automatically because they, oh, that's that Microsoft thing or that's that supplier thing. Yeah, I know about that. Slightly goes up over time and yeah, no one notices. I oh, am yeah, went up a bit, so be it just gets paid until the person who actually did it in the first place has either left or forgotten about it. Only to when the auditor comes along three years later, goes and looks at this thing and goes, What's this? Their fingers start pointing left, right, anywhere but towards the people so, so responsible. That, that's kind of fascinating. But the thing is, this is not just an IT thing anymore, no. is it? The fact that no. anybody in the business, either with a personal credit card, because some people I know have gone and bought products they use for business personally, or people with a, a business card that they expense or, or one that comes from a bank card, will go and buy these tools. And it's not really, there's no single org department or group keeping a hold of that, right? This is the shadow IT element where you've got people in other business units making IT decisions, hopefully you know, all the right intentions, but they're saying, oh, I found this SaaS product that does exactly what I want and I haven't got an IT solution for it. Therefore, I'm just going to go and put all my data up there online, only to realize that maybe that's data stored in a country somewhere else, which is now you've now broken some compliance rules. Uh, maybe there's no security around that data. Uh, maybe when you look at that organization, um, you've just put all your critical business data up there. And there's like three people behind the company keeping the website up. And they've all gone on holidays to some beach somewhere and something breaks and you can't get any support. And you know, there's a whole bunch of elements to it. But the concept is that people, yes, are finding tools online that they want to use and just using them without really thinking about them. So I, I quite like the decision-making that goes on about this. I, I hear this a lot where somebody will go to me, I use a great example, Zoom and Teams, right, for example. Right? Mm. When you're doing a, a video conference, Zoom and Teams are pretty much feature parity. They haven't always yes. been, but they're pretty much feature parity. But in a commercial environment, Teams give you a bunch more rather than just doing video calls. Yet departments in businesses who have full access to Teams and Office 365 will go and invest in Zoom. And when yes. you sit and ask them, they go, but Zoom's better. And all you have to do is say, well, how? And mm. sit there quietly and sagely. And they won't really know. No. I think that's quite fascinating. It, it It's better. I can spell it easier. It's got easy to type. Well, yes, I know. It's, yes. Which is the whole Microsoft Microsoft Planner and Project versus Monday.com and, and, and Trello. And, and yeah. you could go through a whole list of these where someone in the business, I know I had this back years ago, and someone in the business turns around and says, I use Smartsheets. And Smartsheets are a great product. But I went, I have a whole bunch of tools that already do that, that are free why would I get it? Well, they were very adept at it, but for everybody else, it's a learning curve. And they, people don't take into account, you know, learning curves. Yeah, you know, it might be fine. It might be 20 bucks for them. It might be 20,000 for a site license. There's all sorts of things to think about, yeah. right? And look, it's, it, it's happened for two reasons. One is that, well, not everyone's on Microsoft. People use Google, for example, and G Suite, and those tools don't exist in there. So they're always buying all these little other add-on tools to go with it. Um, and look, some of these tools are actually quite good. Yeah, you know, they've got proper development teams yeah. behind them. No, not, capital by the way, we're and, not we're not saying yeah. any piece yeah, of software yeah. is good or bad in this conversation. We're just going, have a look at how many you've got, right? 
Oh, well, and that, that's just it. Um, especially from, from two parts. One, are you still using this software? Just at a basic level. Does, does anyone know what this is? Has someone logged in in the last year and actually done something productive with this software? Or are you just paying for a subscription that auto-renews every 12 months? And thanks for that. Um, the other part is Office 365, for those of you that have got subscriptions to that, there's a lot of extra stuff in that now. And I, I, you know, stuff is a nice technical term, but um, when you start to look at, and we we, have, we talked about this in one of the other um, one of the other podcasts, that um, the the tools are between the the, the planners and you know, even the bookings and some of the they're, they're actually really good. They're they're not just uh, like so, a little so. oh it's free so it's a couple of boxes and a drag and drops. No, it's they're actually really functional. Oh, it's so funny. I was reading. I, I I'm subscribed to all these IT business owner group things <laughs> in Facebook, where I see yeah you know, people who run IT businesses all around the world talking to each other. And somebody put up a um a quote. This is about a bunch of Microsoft Office 365 resellers. Um, what do you do for people setting appointments with you? And they come up with a myriad of 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 different software as a service tools. And there's some guy went um. Has anybody used bookings from Office 365? You know, it's free. <laughs> and most of them hadn't even heard of it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, I know Microsoft hasn't done a great job of showing all the free stuff and really explaining what they do because it's not promoted as a separate tool. It's promoted mm. as the whole the whole suite and the whole productivity suite is promoted as a whole. Um, but uh, look, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Hey, I show, something else, when you, you you can find even free software, online that i've seen people use and these are things like, oh this website has this and until you get up to this stage it's all free and so well that's nice but like what what data are you putting up there mm. i said you know and again it's it's some business critical data it could be personal data it could be and you look behind the scenes and well there could be a reason why this stuff's free yeah well, you're giving them the data they can you're, you're giving, you're them giving them your, them a license your, your to do stuff yeah. where is this website based and you go, oh it's in russia oh that's lovely what what, what exactly if, do if, you have even to go worse and... it, even worse it could be in canberra <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do, do you now have to go and report a privacy incident yes, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, well. yeah so that brings us around to numbers of tools right if i think about a business Ooh, yes I just uh, I'm going to think really simply about a simple business. What what do I need? I need something like Office 365. You do. I need an accounting product, and mm -hmm. I need something that kind of does CRM-y type stuff. You, you do, separate from whatever your core business is itself. Then your core business app, then that should be about it, really. I, yeah, there'd be mixtures, but you should be yeah. looking in four broad categories. There are, and maybe there's a couple of little things here and there that just sort of either join the dots or bring stuff together or do some automation that you're not perhaps able to do with whatever offerings you've got. Wow. So four or five, under 10 pieces of software for your business, right? I think that would be very rare. Oh, I, I certainly think it would be. You know, I remember doing you know, desktop deployment back in the day, and and we'd go and see customers who had thousands of applications. But even oh, even yes. medium sized organisations, the number of bits of software you find out there is quite mind blowing, really. And and your mention of like thousands of applications that that is not unrealistic. Um, I remember quite a few years ago, we we did um, desktop rollouts as well for one of the utility companies here, and the initial audit showed 970 applications in use. Yep. And it's, they only had over a thousand people. And I'm going, what, what is this? 
how do a thousand odd people use 970 applications every day? Yeah, well, the answer is they don't, right? They don't. But, but no. it's, it's bloated and it's great. And so the yes. risk is when you do a project like that, the ideal thing you want to do is reduce the number of applications. But there's always this kind of pressure on you to get the project done. And sometimes it feels cheaper just to roll out 970 applications <laughs> and deal with that problem later. That's right. I want to get rid of like these 400. Oh, you've got to convert the data and then show the people how to use it in the, oh, all yeah. of a sudden a, a, you know, a three-month project becomes a three-year project. So, yes, there is a bit of that. But, yeah. So you should have a think outside of that band. Do I really need this? Is this really critical? Do I already have something that's doing it well enough that I don't need this other thing? But and that brings us back to, you know, it used to be in the old days, I'd go and license some software and I'd pay an amount of money to license it. I might pay an ongoing maintenance. I might not. I might upgrade it. You know, I remember when Microsoft brought out um, the ability to pay ongoing maintenance and everybody was up in arms yes. and now everybody's buying everything monthly so subscriptions good or bad good and bad bad and good which one i actually like them um it, it, and it's the you've got to be careful of the term of the subscription but um i like the monthly subscriptions it's very simple all your support all your updates are in there generally good software auto updates as well so you don't have to worry about patching or doing separate things with it um, and it's very easy. And when you stop using it, you turn it off. Yep. In theory. Um, although we've got to be careful here because sometimes you need to subscribe for a year, even though you're paying monthly. Now, that's interesting. I remember when I first started doing cloud and there were kind of a couple of tenets around cloud. But one was if you don't use it, you shouldn't pay for it. Mm. It's number one. Um, and number two, you should be able to turn it on really quickly, but you should be able to turn it off really quickly. So when yes. we were building cloud software, like when we built the Hub One software, our goal was there was it's a monthly agreement and cancel at any time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pay a month in advance, you're liable for that month, and that's it. You can cancel and off you go. Now that's changing. Microsoft are, are kind of shifting the the goalposts there a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, look, it's, to be fair, it's not just them. Um, yep. A lot of organizations no. have now looked at this and said, look, I'd, I'd love to get a year's cash in ahead of the year rather than in 12 parts over the year. Uh, what can we do? And in some cases, they're saying, look, we're going to offer a discount. It could be 10%, 15%, 20%. Um, I've seen as high as 30 if you pay for the year up front. And so that can be quite attractive, but in reality, what's happening at a marketing level is they're, they're putting the price up of the monthly costs, and yep. all of a sudden, your yearly cost is really what they're sort of after. And this is this is no specific vendor, but this is quite common on a lot of the websites, because you think if you're getting a 30% discount for paying in advance, that's quite a big drop. That's It's not like the cost of funds over 12 months. It's something quite different. But... Mm. That, that but is then you have happening. to think about. I, rem I remember going to see. I went to see. Uh, uh, I, I won't talk. Say who the customer was, but we were talking about the change, the economic change from traditional IT to cloud, and mm. we were talking about the move from being capex to opex. And they went, "Well, we don't, we don't want to spend opex. We've got lots of money to spend on capex. We don't, we don't <laughs> want to do that." And that was that was fascinating. And I should have been smart at the time and said, "Okay, well, you pay me a year up front. We'll make it capex, and then I'll pay monthly to your vendor." And that would have been, that would have worked quite well. Um, but we didn't. Um, but that brings me to an interesting thing, which is all about the the terms and conditions. And it seems to me that. 
And I think it's I think it's always kind of been there. But I do know if you're the person responsible for purchasing large purchases for a customer company, you're going to read the terms and conditions. You're going to understand. And if you're buying a car, most people will kind of read the fine print. I suppose some people but most yeah. people, it's a big expense. If yeah. you're if you're if you're buying a house, you have an, a legal advisor to help you read the small print. Mm -hmm. If you're buying a dollar ninety nine app on your iPhone, you don't care. But that's flown into business software now, hasn't it? It it has. And look, as a as a consumer, you've got all these general protections and rights that yeah, you know, when you're buying a house and a car and whatever else, as an individual, there's a whole bunch of defined rights that you sort of have and are pretty safe with. If you're buying things as a company, well, a lot of that doesn't exist. Some, some of it does now for um, very small organizations. They've started to in, change the laws yep. in that respect. But for most organizations, um, yeah, it's a it's a business deal. And if you go and say, oh, I want to sign up to this for three years at 100 bucks a month, then after one month you go, I want to cancel. I said, well, yeah, too bad. You, you, you've ended a legal agreement. That's the end of yep. story. Um, so you've really got to be careful about that sort of thing. And there's nothing to say that you shouldn't commit for longer terms if you're getting sufficient discounts. But just understand you are committing the business to make that expenditure over that longer yeah. term. So make sure it's worth I, I, but it. I, I'll also say to people selling software, so MSPs who might be watching, one of the things to watch is when you mm. go from when you go from payments that are over twenty thousand dollars, like a server and some stuff, yeah. to ones under, then sometimes the consumer laws can start applying to your business to business contracts, and that introduces a whole new level of risk that consumer products build in and yes. consumer companies think about and traditionally business to business companies haven't had to think about it well i think now you do um so that that gets quite fascinating there's another level of risk here for the for the managed service provider as well um with for example microsoft where you know we're able to buy all these licenses at a, at a wholesale level um, mm -hmm. It's not overly that different to retail price, but it, we, we we do get a small margin in there, um, mainly for the to, the overhead of managing all the licenses, coordinating payments, a whole bunch of things there. Well, in there that yep. we do. If a client says yes, commit me to twelve months for that Microsoft product, the risk is actually with us now, because we are yes. the ones with the agreement with Microsoft or the provider to provide that license, and therefore the client actually has an agreement with us to ensure that they pay every month for the 12 months. If they so go the broke client, or they run away, that's a or they that Or they cancel and go consumer protection. You are the one carrying the can because you're not going to get issue. away with that with the vendor. No, that's right. So there's a few quirky issues there that we have to that's be able to manage. And look, it's, it, it's not the sort of thing that happens to everyone every day. I, I, I get it, but we, we do need as business owners to understand our risks. So the follow-up of this is look how many apps you've got. Get rid of SaaS yes. creep. Um, read the terms and conditions. <laughs> and you can get discounts by signing up for a period. That's been fascinating, Scott. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Oh, uh, that all was, of a sudden, uh, I'm wanting to go look at my credit card statement again. <laughs> I, I think I think we all should do that. I'm going to do that right, right now. So thank you so much for watching or listening. If you do like what you see, please subscribe. Um, leave us a comment um, letting us know what topics you want to want us to cover. Um, we appear about weekly. We're having some changes. And when we appear at the moment, we've got some marketing people involved. But I'm sure that will all settle down and we'll let you know how you go. So, Scott, thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. It's been a pleasure as always. And thank you for watching and listening. You have a great day.